About 6 o'clock last night, I got a phone call from Pastor Gale. And I think he was distraught over the Michigan-Ohio State game, as was I. But he called me and said he had a stomach virus. He'd had it all since 4 a.m. yesterday. And I'm going to leave the details of his condition to your own imagination. But one of the texts he sent me included the words, Honduran Fury. And he said, well, would you teach? I said, teach what? He said, tomorrow, I need somebody to teach. And as you know, I enjoy surprises more than probably most of you do. I really enjoy surprises. So um, I trusted God and said, yeah, sure, I'll teach. So we're going to go on a little journey today together, and we're going to trust God. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to talk about hope today. We're going to talk about hope through the lens of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. And so I want to start with a video, and I want you to just kind of watch this video with me and kind of lean in to Elizabeth's story for just a couple minutes here. Go ahead. Well, you know spring chicken. <laughs> That's the first thing my neighbor said to me when I told her I was pregnant. Can you believe that? Maybe she just didn't believe me, but I don't. I don't hold it against her. She'd been a tad bit cranky ever since she found that scorpion in her girdle drawer. <laughs> Maybe she just didn't realize what a miracle this was for me. I mean, Zachariah and I had been trying to have a child of our own our whole lives. By the time most of my hair had turned gray and Zachariah's had turned loose, we had given up hope. But nothing is impossible for God. He seems to delight in making life out of barren places. And as if that wasn't enough, the angel who brought us this unbelievable news had even more to say. This child, our son, would be used by God to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. This was all too much of a gift to be real. And I thought, well, how am I going to train this child for a job like that? But God had those details covered, too. And it keeps getting better. When I was about six months along, my cousin Mary came for a visit. And no sooner had she said hello than this unborn son jumped and flipped inside of me. Right then, God just opened my eyes so that I could clearly see that this young girl standing in my home was also with child, and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. About nine months later, we got the news from Bethlehem. And I looked over at Zachariah holding our very own miracle baby. I had one of those God moments. <laughs> you know, when you just realize, you say, God just had different plans. He had brought us life in barren places. 
He hadn't forgotten about us. And he would never leave us alone again. God is making life out of barren places. God is making life out of the barren places. God is making life out of the barren places. Do you believe that? Repeat that with me. God is making life out of the barren places. God is making life out of the barren places. Say it again. God is making life out of the barren places. God, I'm watching the news and sometimes I wonder if you've left us to our own devices. It's making life out of the barren places. God, my parents don't have a clue who I am. God is making life out of the barren places. You know what? Let's respond to that. Let's, let's, let's do that responsibly. God, it's not the arguing I can't stand anymore. It's the silence. God, my children look at me like I'm an idiot. It's not funny. It's not funny because God is making life out of the barren places. God, aren't the holidays supposed to bring us together? Turn with me to Luke 1, 5 through 25. This is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read out of the ESV translation. I'm going to read out of the ESV translation for a reason. There are some word changes from NIV to ESV. I think you can follow along with me in this. I'll wait till I stop here and pages turn. Luke 1 5 starts off In the days of Herod, king of Judea. Still getting there? Alright. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. What does the NIV say? She could not. She was barren, it says in the NIV. Okay, great, great. And both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children 
and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of, the God, of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and, and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in, in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remaining mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Through Elizabeth, God is making life out of the barren places. What do you think of when you hear the word barren? What do you think of? Desert, desolate wasteland, emptiness, right? There was a time when we used barren to describe women that were not able to have children. And I hope in your circles you're not hearing it used that way because that's a tough that's a tough description. That's a tough descriptor. That's a tough way to identify a woman who's unable to have children. Actually, it's a horrible way to describe a woman who's unable to have children. The thing about it is Elizabeth heard it. She'd heard it for years. In, in Elizabeth's time, a woman's worth was measured in how many children she had. It was measured based on the fact that the number of children you had was in direct proportion to how happy God was with you. If you didn't have children, you must have been sinful. And God must not have been happy with you. Or He's punishing you for something. Great social identifier, right? You're barren. Must be sinful too. Yikes. Yikes. When we think of the word barren, we think of desert. We think of desolate wasteland. There's a, there's a story in the Old Testament where Moses is leading the Israelites through the desert and they're complaining. They're grumbling for a drink of water. They're actually forming, maybe we ought to go back to Egypt committees. You know, they're kind of just, they're there. They're in that moment. And Moses looks to God and basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, can you give them a drink? And the Word says that God just doesn't give them a drink. The Word says that God basically takes Niagara Falls and puts it in reverse and pushes a river out of a rock. And the Word says that God gave the complainers water abundantly. 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 Here's your word of the day. Rabim. Or Rabim. Rabim. Word of the day, bim. It means abundantly. It means abundantly. In the book of John, Jesus says, I come so that you may live life more abundantly. I come so that you may live life more abundantly. Not just abundant life, but to live life more abundantly. I read that and say, okay, that assumes that we already have an abundant life, doesn't it? God does not just make life in the barren places. 
He makes it abundantly. And I believe that that is the life that God wants for us. If somewhere, somewhere in your life story, do you have a time when God blessed you so abundantly that it seemed like it was impossible? It was impossible that I could have been blessed so abundantly in a moment. Do you have that? Do you have that in your life story? Do you have that? If you don't, did you miss it? Did you miss that moment? Did you miss God's pointing you to an abundant life, to a life lived more abundantly because you were distracted, because you didn't hear Him? Because you didn't get the point? You're missing the point? Elizabeth says two things in the video that really allude to the fact that people were missing the point. She says people didn't see the miracle of her pregnancy. They didn't see it as a miracle. She also says that it was too much of a gift to be real. For her, herself, this is too much of a gift from God to be real. All right. Who here, and I'm not a list maker, but who here wakes up in a, on a Monday morning with a good case of the Mondays and starts your day with, oh, I got a list of stuff I got to get done today. Where are my list makers at? Where are you at? I see nods. There's a few of you. That's you. Yeah. I see a lot of this too. That's you. Just so we're clear, that's, that's, that's you. So, all right. Great way to start the day. Just like that. Wake up with an ug to start. All right. So that's one group of you. I'm not a list maker. But sometimes we have moments when we feel that we're in a moment where something wonderful happens. We're excited and we're thankful. Oh God, this is wonderful. But then we look around and we wonder when the next, when the other shoe's gonna drop. Something good's happened, so something bad's gotta happen too. Anybody not be able to enjoy those wonderful things because you're waiting for the inevitable of something horrible to happen? Not willing to raise your hand to that one, are we? That's alright. That's right. I'm there. I can be there. I can get sucked into that. But what did Elizabeth say? Elizabeth said that God had a plan and that He had the details covered. He had it all covered. He knew what He was doing. And she trusted Him in His plan. I think it's easy to look around in our lives and think that God's forgotten us. I think it's, I think we can buy into that lie that God has forgotten us. I think it's easy. I think society tells us that we're alone. Only the strong survive. You know, I mean, that's, that's what the world teaches us. And I think that's a lie that's really easy to make an agreement with. But God has the details governed. God has plans. We thought we were going to be alone forever, but God had other plans for us. Think of a time in your life when you were going through something awful, and you look back on it and think, oh, that's why that happened. I've got those. I've got plenty of those in my life where I can say, okay, was God putting me in this to make me stronger? Was God using this in my life to help someone else? Was God's plan not fully ready? So He just called for me to wait and be patient? There was a time when I thought I had it all figured out. But I also recognized that God has a plan. And He hasn't told me about it. Waiting. How well do you wait? How well do you wait? I'm a pillar of patience. 
Yeah. Those of you that know me are laughing because I am not that. I'm the opposite of that. I like waiting as much as I like surprises. And so, um, yeah. So, let's go back in time. There was a time when if you needed to have some information, you went to a building, and you thumbed through a bunch of cards they were organized by a guy named Dewey. And you looked for a book that may or may not include that information that you're looking for. And then you went to a shelf in that building, and that book might not be there. If that book wasn't there, you had to wait till somebody brought that book back to that building before you could gather the information you had. For you kids, a book is kind of like a paper-bound blog for you kids that have never read a book. Um, but that was the time, that was, there was a time when that's how we gathered information, or we gathered information through things like the Pony Express. Now we get upset if we can't Google something and get an answer in four seconds, we're upset. That's, that's a problem. I shouldn't have to wait any longer than four seconds for 1.6 million responses to why this happens or why this doesn't happen. We don't wait well. We don't wait well at all, and I think God knows that. So think about this. Think about this. Elizabeth and Zechariah were waiting their whole lives for this one event. They're an advanced age. They're an advanced age, and they've waited their whole lives. They've talked about it. They've prayed about it. They've communicated with their support circles. They've, they've communicated with their family, and they've been waiting for this one thing, this one thing, and they've stayed focused on that. I love in the video how Elizabeth talks about God moments. We've all had those, right? Those everything is right in the world moments. You know, the cosmic tumblers have fallen into place and I find myself in the right place at the right time. Those moments. Here's the crazy part from my perspective. Those moments are eternal. Those moments are eternal. Here's a little nugget of truth. God is not a God of moments. God is a God of always. God's name, or what we think of as God's name, is Yahweh. Anybody know what Yahweh means? I am who I am. I am who I am. The more literal translation of Hebrew would actually, might say, I am becoming who I am becoming. I am becoming who I am becoming. God is eternal. So why is it, at those times of life, why is it we view those as moments? Why is it we view those and we take those as moments? If Jesus said He came that we could live life more abundantly, if we are meant to live life like a fountain in the desert, why then do we think of God's presence being in mere moments? He only shows up in this moment. He's only with us when we pray in this moment. Or we're in this crisis. Maybe it's because, like Elizabeth's neighbors, we don't see the miracle. We don't understand that our Heavenly Father is a God of always. That He brings, He springs life eternal. He's the creator of all things. And He wants that for you too. So we get caught up in this idea of moments. God doesn't exist in just the moments. 
God exists. I think we lose track of that sometimes. As this preview kind of kicks off our Advent season, like I mentioned before, we'll be, we'll be going through the Advent season talking about characters that were there for Christ's first coming. Who anticipated the coming of Christ. John, John the Baptist was that person who was, was prophesied to come in advance of Christ. And he was a gift. He was a gift from God to the world. He was a gift from God to Zechariah and to Elizabeth through answered prayer. I would recommend that as we look at the themes of Advent, that we, as we express them through teaching corporately, that we take time to ponder them personally. Where, where do we find hope today? Are we hopeless? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not hopeless. You're not. There's hope. I'm going to have the worship team come back up, but I want to leave you with a few truths to take away. These are, these are those nuggets of knowledge, those truths that you can take away today and ponder these, um, not only today, but in the days to come. God is making life in the barren places all the time. Whether you recognize it or not, God is making life in the barren places. Those barren places in your soul, God is making life in them. Those places, those deep, dark places we don't talk about, God is making life there. Sending water from the rock, we have a choice to make. We can either choose to grab an umbrella and complain about getting wet. Or we can spin around and, and embrace the fact that God wants us to be drenched in that water. Here's another truth. God sent His Son, and nothing has been the same since then. God sent His Son, and nothing has been the same since then. Do you believe that? I do. God is eternal. Not a God of moments. A God of always. God is eternal. God is making life in the barren places. Is that a statement of affirmation for you? God is making life in the barren places. You may not understand it, you may not understand it. I don't. But He is. He is. Let's... Father God, the miracle is right before us, Lord. It's above us. It's beneath us. It's beside us. It's behind us. We're surrounded by You, Lord. Help us to open our eyes, open our ears, Open our minds and our hearts, Lord. Let us acknowledge that something's happening, God, today. Don't let us miss it. Don't let us miss the point that you're trying to make in us today, Lord. 
Allow us to see the holiday season as a gift and not a chore, Lord. Just prepare us for the coming of your Son. Prepare us for your truth, that you are a God of all wisdom, that you are faithful, that you are making life in the barren places, Lord. Be with us as we uh, continue this service, Lord, and just, Lord, just continue to remind us with the affirmation that you are with us and that you are making life in the barren places. We pray all this in Jesus' name.